Cool. Justin, I've I've been a really big fan um, of your content over the last month. I think hence why I've invited you onto the pod. A place I'd like to start, and I think I want to get into repurposing and all that, because I think you seem to be like a, a bit of a mini expert on that uh, from, from LinkedIn uh, and the course. Um, but I think a place, a good place to start would be, you did a post a few days ago um, around kind of how you should be approaching content, this whole kind of cornerstone, co- sorry, cornerstone, core and cut. I think it'd be it'd be good to start there and just if you could kind of break down how you think about content creation uh, and we'll and we'll take it from there. Yeah, for sure. And and with the the idea behind those three sort of pieces of content is really around the execution of the content. It's not necessarily like the ideation stage. Some people yeah, are yeah, actually yeah. yeah. We're actually talking to me about that. So, um for people yeah. who aren't uh familiar with that sort of concept mm-hmm. that I put out it's really around execution and what the kinds and types of content you want to be creating mm-hmm. throughout your content calendar and throughout the year. So mm-hmm. cornerstone is like the Holy grail of content from my perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's really could drive everything you do for an entire year, half a year, yeah. a quarter. And those are the really big pieces of content. Those are the original research projects that you're putting out. Those are the you know, big digital events or even in-person events that you have. It's those type of things. Uh, and it's usually those type of things that people do and they maybe put out, uh, they spend so much time. I've been a part of this. You spend so much time creating it, building it up. You put it out and maybe you promote it for a month or so, and then nice you job. move on to the next thing. So uh, really the idea behind that stuff is trying to uh, take your sort of cornerstone stuff and filter it down into maybe core content, which are things like blogs, webinars, et cetera, and then cut content, which is social content, emails, and those type of things. So really, it can kind of be like this Russian nesting doll approach of content of you could start with one really big thing, plan out your topics ahead of time in terms of what blogs, webinars, et cetera, you want to do out of that. And then from there, plan out what type of social content you want. You could really fill out a whole thing for, like I said, a quarter or even half of the content of, of how you pull that out. Why, why don't you think companies have, have been like, why don't companies do this? Right. Like, you know, a lot, a, a lot of companies run, in fact, pr- pr- practically every company is around a virtual event or some kind of live event um, where there, there is in a sense, hundreds of pieces of content that they could create from that. I guess, why, why don't you think companies do this? Um, yeah. And, and why, why are companies so focused on that? Like, that that next content asset create that creation phase right yeah i don't i don't think companies focus i don't think they think of it that way i think it's literally mm. a mindset shift of how mm. you think about the content that you're creating mm. people aren't thinking about how can i get the most out of this they're literally thinking about okay we have this event how do we get people to show up to the event oh good we got everybody to show up to the event now we can move on like they're not thinking of it as this core piece of stuff that they can use. So, you know, like at metadata, we had the demand event in the fall and that literally we flipped it on its head. We did all the promotion, had the event, but then the week after the event, we had all the stuff because we had pre-planned it. We had all the stuff ready to drip out afterward. And so it was just a, a shit. And it was honestly the first time that I had done something like that too but I had just come off of doing a podcast show at a previous company. And I was looking at all the content and I was like, man, this is just as good of content, if not better than a podcast episode. Why don't we do the same sort of 
play process yeah. and drip it out that way that we did with the other stuff. So yeah, it's just, I think it's a mindset shift. It's thinking through mm. more than just the drop of the stuff. Um, yeah. Where, where did you, cause I, I can imagine another maybe reason why people don't do it and companies don't do it. And, you know, teams kind of, I guess, shy away from it a little bit. Is it, is it's maybe a little bit daunting, right? You've, you've done this like massive event, this like six hour event, like where, the hell do we even start with trying to like repurpose this mm. so like I, I think maybe as a as an example it might be good if you so that event that you guys ran like almost breaking down like what what steps did you take to almost repurpose that event which might seem pretty obvious to probably both of us but i'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening that mm -hmm. you know perhaps don't have literally zero idea where to start when it comes to you know repurposing a, a, a big event like that or a podcast yeah i think Actually, for it's funny now that I and we can get into the actual process, but for me, it's yeah. more daunting not to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, spend, yeah. you know, because you spend all this yeah, effort yeah. and all this time. Yeah, uh, getting getting guests, coming up with the topics, which are mm -hmm. topics that you know are going to resonate with their audience. That's why you're talking about them, et cetera, et cetera. Only to then, after the event's over, have to redo that whole process again to come up with yeah. what blogs are we going to do, what webinars are we going to do, how do we, you know, what's our audience interested in? No, you just spent months if i mean i know at metadata we spent months planning this event or you know planning this research uh to get it right and and then what you end up doing it, it takes you more time and more effort to go back and plan and try to come up with original ideas quote unquote yeah. uh uh the next batch so i think it's actually more effort the other way once you get the process mm -hmm. down but for me it was literally like Step one, auditing the content, figuring out what we had. So what topics were we hitting? What audiences did we have? And then step two is really trying to figure out where reverse engineering, where we wanted to go. So two, twofold for us in this instance, I knew we wanted to be able to drip out content every single weekday on LinkedIn. So I had to get particular things out of that. We had recordings done. So I knew, okay, we can get some videos. And then it was just literally watching the videos and trying to figure out, or the sessions, which, what, what are the best clips out of these sessions? So I watched hours of, of our own session. <laughs> did you do that with to... a transcript or were you, sorry, just cause I, did you do that with a transcript or was that just like literally watching the videos? So, uh, unfortunately I literally walked through it. Now I use transcripts. Oh, <laughs> now God. I do. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much better. Uh, yeah. I've learned from my mistakes. So uh, <laughs> pro tip, anybody go grab the script. You'll make yeah. your life easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I literally watched these uh, episodes, found the clips, got the mm. clips cut with a, with a video. Um, I think we, at that point we had kind of a video freelancer at an agency we were working with to mm. get those clips, but yeah, it was reverse engineering what we wanted. So I knew I wanted social clips from videos and I knew I wanted to be able to also build up some YouTube content that we could drip out as well. And so like mm. understanding where I wanted to go and, and, you know, and we also did some written content. So it's like, okay, if out of each session, I can get one piece mm. of written content, five social clips and two YouTube videos. Awesome. Yeah. Like that's a starting framework. So I think like, that's the thing too. Mm. Like I didn't go into it thinking, I need a thousand clips and I need 18 YouTube videos. And, you know, I just gave myself a simple framework that could ebb and flow from, yeah. from that. And, and it sort of at least gave me structure to when I started watching the sessions, I knew, okay, can I get two YouTube videos out of this? Yeah. Sometimes I got four, sometimes I got mm -hmm. one, but at least that was my structure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's critical to have that. I think a lot of people go into it, like at least, and I've, I fell for this in the past where you've got like a podcast 
that you're you know trying to repurpose content from and you're like i need to get 10 clips out of this and actually what you find is that you go through it and you don't need that many pieces of content mm-hmm. you know if you pick out five pieces of content that's still five clips that you can post and it's better than you know just one podcast that's sitting on its own in isolation um, yeah and i think the other thing too is that stuff stacks and rolls on each other that's the the mm. cool thing when you get your distribution process and mm. your repurposing process and and as if you're creating consistent like we're dropping out one session every week for 12 weeks well if you're getting five social clips out of one session every week that's you're you after three weeks you have 15 social clips yeah you know so like you can it really starts to stack on each other and you can start to drip those out so that's kind of how i framed it up too as even when i pitched it was like hey if we get if we get five clips out of this session Mm. i can drip one of those clips out from that session over five weeks and now we're Mm. spreading that that one session's uh, you know, sort of spread over, over a con- an entire month versus just like, boom, it launched that week. Okay. We're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. When you think about dripping out the content, I think there's maybe two points here. Uh, first of all, like, how are you, how are you dripping out that content? And I mean that in terms of, obviously you've got the metadata page, you know, on LinkedIn and YouTube, mm-hmm. but then there's obviously lots of people within the company and, you know, profiles that, that could be sharing that content um so like how have you have you like have you made all that content available to everyone so anyone can go and share it like how how have you thought about that internally right yep so i think the and we're working through this uh you know right now and trying to figure mm. out the best process so we we by no mm. means have it down but no, at, a, at, a, yeah. at a bare minimum we had uh we use like the my company page on linkedin which is people don't know you can there's a my company page you can actually recommend a post for people um, uh, okay. at the company. And so we've done that. And at a bare minimum, what that allows you to do is at least uh, upload the image or upload the video. And then anybody can go change the text to, to however they feel, but they don't have to worry about like finding the video clip and find or finding using the right image or downloading it, which is what we had done in the past. And then we also have like a group and like a Slack channel, uh, where, the most people like share at the company. And so we, if we launch new content that morning, we'll go in there and say, Hey, we've got new content. Here's, you know, here's the top three points that are in it. Here's the recommended post. Feel free to share on your LinkedIn channels. We try to make it as easy as possible. It's not a perfect workflow at this point, but it's just trying to get awareness and allow people to do it. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you passing these clips on to guests as well? So people that were on those sessions, are you, are you sharing them with, with them as well? Yeah, I think, and that's one thing. So we did with some of them, some of them asked, and that's actually one thing that we've thought through, um, mm. like that we that we didn't do a great job of. And I think some of that was, we had just asked the guests like, you know, to come on and do all this stuff. So we didn't want to like spam them or bug them or, or anything, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it's that balance, but I think, yeah, mm. we did some, some people did request, uh, request clips, we shared them out. Some people have shared them out since then. So um, yeah, that's been helpful too. I, I've, I do a lot of podcasts with clients and mm-hmm. you always, I, I always feel like you can, you can share a folder of clips and like yeah, the hit rate is on it. Like one out of five episodes that you do, mm-hmm. people will actually share them. Um, I think I've, I've tried to work on a process to make that better, but a lot of the time you've kind of just got to accept that people won't, <laughs> won't always yeah, share and it depends And it depends too on how like, yeah how active they are and how they can you know for, like yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I do this for a living. So it's much easier for me to like come up with some content and and understand how to post versus, you know, somebody who isn't in this world all day long. And I think that's true Mm -hmm. internally as well as like, you know, I'm used to creating content. It's literally what I do all day, every day um, versus somebody else who's like literally talking to customers or, you know, it's not their world. So yeah. 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 Completely. Uh, um, obviously there's a, you're, you're pushing out a lot of these clips, you know, this micro content. Is there like a, have you got, and I've, I've kind of thought about this recently, like all this, all this content, like you, you can kind of be learning from, like, is there some kind of feedback loop that you guys have with all of these clips? Like, are you seeing what resonates the most? And have you got like a, like a backlog, I guess, almost of like topics that are, you know performing and then you're feeding that back into more of the pillar content is is that something you've got in place or yeah i mean i can talk i mean i can even talk to it as well like you mentioned the course so the mm. content repurposing roadmap like that mm. came out of linkedin feedback loops so i would i would post i had post content on linkedin for two years and I would post about, you know, a ton of different topics, uh, you know, content marketing in general, SEO, repurposing content. But every time I talked about repurposing content, it was like hit, hit, hit. Like people were really interested in that idea and in that content. And so I started like dripping out more specific ideas around that, which actually built up into the course. And now it's funny because now that I have the course, I'm actually dripping out content from the course on, on the yeah, daily. Yeah. And I and I can see what content from the course hits or I'll get feedback from people who are taking the mm-hmm. course. And that's the funny thing too, is you never know what's going to hit for somebody. One thing that hits for one person, it was their favorite part, you know, wasn't somebody else's, yeah. it was this thing. But yeah, I think being on being active and being able to listen and understand what things people are most interested in um, has been a massive advantage for me, especially in the last probably six months is to really understand what people care about, what people are most interested in, and then really try to hone in on that and do more of that. um, And then add that back in. Like that was a, that was a huge piece. Yeah, completely. I think it's more, it's probably more of a kind of feel more than like mm-hmm. a quantitative thing. I don't think you can kind of like go through and see, okay, this had the most engagement. It's more of like, you get a sense. Yeah, yeah totally. Right. Cause I think sometimes too, you just never know, right? Like I've had, no. yeah. <laughs> I've had yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. it's like, I posted on a Sunday afternoon and it was like the best performing post <laughs> I've had ever. And I was like, yeah. oh geez, really that? Like I spent five minutes <laughs> writing that out and other ones where it's like, you know, you spent yeah. a lot of time and effort trying to create something oh. and, and it duds, right? So my, 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 my best performing post of all time, I literally wrote in three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I spent two hours doing it. It's like bombed. Yeah makes it makes you wonder what you're doing with your life but uh but yeah no i I think uh it's been it's been really really cool to be able to trip that content out and i think that's the funny thing like for anybody listening uh you know i i I put out the course on, on repurposing content and i get a lot of questions about you know how how i'm doing it what am i doing and then literally if you reverse engineer what i'm doing i'm taking the entire course and i'm dripping it i'm dripping the yeah. information You're out on the daily yeah. on linkedin yeah. so um i literally built the course so i would have an en- a content engine that i could produce content from for the rest of the year so like hopefully i, I don't know if everybody has even catch that and this might be the first place i'm actually like saying that directly but mm. um but that is like i'm literally trying to practice what i preach and say like yes you can create an entire content engine out of a cornerstone piece of content 
build out your whole thing. Like I literally probably have a year's worth of content that I'll pull from this and be able to post and create stuff off of. Are you, are you is your frequent, are you posting like daily? Is that your play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm at least posting. I have been at least posting uh, like Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday. I usually take Sunday off. What, what are your thoughts on that, right? Because I, I, I'm mixed on this. I think there's individuals that I follow. I, I always mention this guy called Dan, Dan Kelso who is this like very outspoken marketer here in the UK who creates just like the wackiest, like offensive <laughs> videos every like other month, but he gets like, t- like 10,000 likes and he- mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. The engagement is just off the chart, but he, you know, but his frequency is like just kind of whenever it's like every other month. Um, but then there's other people that are, you know, daily posting, you know, like yourself, like, do, do you think there is a frequency to follow or do you think it's, it's unique for everyone? I think there's probably some uniqueness for everyone. It's mm. funny because you'll see the post where it's like, hey, I didn't post for a week and I still got engagement. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> I think sometimes we end up posting those for ourselves more than anybody. Like, <laughs> I can take a break. It's okay. Um, there's at least one I, of them a week. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is fine, you know, and, and LinkedIn okay. is different. Uh, I think that's the other thing. Like LinkedIn is it's, and if yeah. we're talking specifically about LinkedIn, Twitter is different too. You know, yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, you got to kind of feed the beast in different ways. LinkedIn will last a little bit longer. So, you know, I have posts that I posted two weeks ago that still get a little bit of traction here and there. Whereas if you have a tweet that you posted two weeks ago, it's done, it's dead. Like nobody's going back to that tweet unless it was, yeah. you know, on the radar for some probably horrible reason. But I think for me, what I've done is I actually try to set aside time and batch out a week or two's worth of content. So that has made it much easier. And again, I think literally, again, going back to like, I hate the term eating your own dog food, but like trying to like practice what you preach in a lot of ways is uh, that's what I tell people to do is to batch out their distribution of their content into distribution docs and build that out for the companies. And so I literally do that for myself too. I sit down like Saturday, it's been Saturday morning or Sunday night, and I will write out five, six, seven posts, however I feel like enough to get me through that next week or so. And then literally I get to go in on Tuesday morning and copy, copy and paste. You know what I mean? It just makes Mm -hmm. it easier. I get in a flow state where I'm not where I can actually write and and be uh, more creative and I'm not like trying to ad hoc. Oh shoot. I got to post something today. What am I interested in posting? Like, what should I talk about? I think that's the hang up for a lot of people is it's a grind when you have to try to like, Oh, I got to post every day. Cause it's hard. It's hard to come up with a unique angle or something interesting um, to do that. It burns Mm -hmm. you out too. (laughs) No, hundred percent. hundred percent. I think it's maybe difficult for, for some people. Um, I think there's, there's probably a few things people that aren't naturally writing content a lot of the time yep. i think that's yep. where it can be it can be it can be difficult but then also if you haven't like honed down completely on the topic that you're trying to create content on like if that's mm-hmm. not very well defined it can become quite difficult to almost find your focus a little bit you know i think there's a lot of people probably just talking about a lot of different things which makes it hard to consistently try and repeat like the same thing from lots of different angles totally um so yeah i think i think finding find, finding that core that core thing that you can talk about as quick as possible will just make that process a hundred times easier one one thing that i really want to talk about and i've seen this float about on linkedin a lot recently from different people that are kind of 
they've got like it's usually like an image of like one piece of content and then it's like tiktok youtube twitter uh reddit and they've got like you know a million other channels that they're you know talking about repurposing content for um i've i've got the opinion that you kind of you with repurposing content as as great as you know creating content for all these different channels can be focusing on one to two makes so much more sense initially rather than trying to you know create content for tiktok youtube and all these different mm-hmm. channels. what would what, you think yeah absolutely i think being true to yourself and knowing like there's all of the all of the good content things kind of layer on each other and, and this is just another one of them like own one channel before you can think about owning two or three I, like even two um i yeah. think like really get the feel because all of the same best practices mm-hmm. are going to translate so yeah. You have to be able to, you know, regardless of it's TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you have to be consistent. You have to know your niche. You have to know your audience. You have to know your voice. You have to know what type of content you want. So like, if you can't figure that out on one, you'll never be able to figure it out on four. (laughs) So, you know, I think understanding, like getting your voice down, figuring that out. And again, it doesn't, if that's TikTok, cool. Um, But TikTok has a different vibe than LinkedIn does, even though there's crossover there and YouTube has you know, to be successful on YouTube, you do need to have a different set of skills and maybe a different type of video than again on TikTok, you know, there's crossover, but you know, to be be successful and to really own it, uh, it's one thing to post there, but to like own it, get more subscribers, build up that channel, et cetera. I think Mm. you do have to, uh, you have to have focus. So yeah, I, I always advise people start small, pick one, Mm. own one. If you find one that you like more than others do that, like and don't force it. Like, just because every set, everybody says, Oh, you should be on TikTok. You have to be on TikTok. Like I have no interest. Like for me, like I have no interest in it. Uh, that doesn't mean other people can't be successful there. I'm not going to like, you know, shut it down or knock it because somebody else, because I'm not doing it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't Mm. focus on a lot of things. Um, but that allows me to be better at the places Mm. where I am focusing. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that focus is key. I think you, I, I always, YouTube is a, is a good example of this. Like a lot of people, I think just use that as like a content dumping mm-hmm. kind of channel where it's like, we've got this long webinar that we've done. Let's just throw it on YouTube. Yep. Um, when actually I, a really good example of a company that's doing it really well, Refine Labs on YouTube. I don't know if you've checked out their channel, but mm-hmm. like just yep. how they create the videos, the style of the videos, the feel, like they've already made them fit for YouTube. Um, and I think a lot of people try and jump to 17 different channels and try and just I, I call it content dumping so it's yeah. not repurposing you're just you're just dumping a load of content on 20 different channels um rather than actually finding focus on one which i think is you know it's 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 you know that kind of shiny object object syndrome of just jumping to 20 other channels yep yep totally so as a as a kind of final i guess final point um on on the point of like Descript, I think there's, I did a post about this last week and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. I've got a bit of a maybe unpopular opinion that tools like Descript, tools like some of these like transcripting tools almost make it too easy to repurpose content to, to the point where it almost zaps out like the creativity out of some of that, like from the clips, from the things that you do where you know you're, you're kind of just following the same templates as everyone else on linkedin and you know following the same styles what what, what are your thoughts on that like, do, do you think it's a good starting point 
you know have you are you guys just using like Descript as a as a as a tool or are you you know are you kind of using video editors and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh i go both ways on it i mm. i can't the last company i was at um we made video editing software and so i know the challenge i'm very very familiar with the challenges of getting started with video it's very intimidating yeah. it's easy to mm. say hey go make a video it's a lot harder when it's like oh shoot i have to learn video editing um, yeah. on top of my other jobs like video editing isn't mm. necessarily easy so i think a tool like descript mm. does make that easier yeah um i think if you want and I, I do think we're going to, as these type of tools come out and people do more and more, it's actually going to push the creativity out and you're going to mm. have to get better. Yeah. Um, because right now we're at a, we're at a state where probably putting out video consistently is still a level up and still a win. Um, but mm. as more people do it, you're going to have to get more creative. I actually was mm. just playing around with Descript last night and I put out a video on, on LinkedIn and it was just a little different. Like, you know, I yeah. used some of the transcription at the beginning of the words and then popped over and in, into uh, a clip from the course, but then added some things on top with some sound effects. So yeah. like, I think the more you learn how to do it, mm -hmm. um, the better it, it can be, but it, you know, like any of those things, the more commoditized it gets, mm -hmm. the, the more yeah. you're going to have to figure mm -hmm. out how to, how to get a, a unique angle, a, a unique look yeah. and feel um, and, and do those type of things. But yeah, I think from the creative side, I think it's awesome because it does allow it, it lowers the barrier of entry yeah, to be able to create definitely. video content. But yeah, I think as <laughs> I was just thinking about this last week, like as soon as, mm. as everybody's doing social clips, like, okay, yeah. then what's next, you know, I think, yeah. uh, and I think as a, as somebody who's, you know, a curious and creative thinker, like mm. that, that should be a place where you should think about and, and think about how to win. Uh, mm. you know, what's it's like, I, I love, I love um, American football. Uh, and I think a lot of times there's these ebbs and flows to strategy and, 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 you know, one season, mm. a team might do a particular thing and then yeah. the defense reacts. And so like, it's this constant ebb and flow. And I think it's the same way in marketing. It's the same way in these tactics, like, yeah. okay, like this is sort of what's here. Like, then we can think about how to, you know, go what's next and go bigger and, and try to make that, uh, the next evolution of what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. It's, it's a bit of a, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because I think as, like you said, as more and more people start coming onto these platforms and start, you know, creating these clips and like, as that becomes like a standard practice, um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how that evolves for everyone mm -hmm. and how like the creative style evolves because, you know, scaling, a creative video is 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 not the easiest thing to do so it's going to be yeah interesting to see how that all that all comes along with uh, with how some of the different styles that come out of you know different companies because i do see a point where you know as more and more companies start podcasting as this becomes more standard mm -hmm. practice we're going to see a lot of the same stuff um when yep a lot of the same stuff keeps coming out you know everything looks the same and it's going to be differentiating is going to be more. And, more and I think that's where, like, even if we want to go full circle, going back to like your core content, your cornerstone content, mm. like being original at that end, at that level, yeah, you know, like being original at the top. So yeah. what's your format of your show? What's your, you know, what are the interesting people? Like I was just watching something from Wistia the other day. They do amazing content because it's I not, you know, their original yeah. stuff. I've it with their CEO on her. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like, um, 
their stuff is not like other stuff you see. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, and they've got massive high production value. Some of their stuff is, is insane. Um, if you, if you've watched their stuff, you know, but it's unique. They take time and they actually try to figure out something that's unique at the top. So, uh, and then the stuff that comes off of it will be more unique because they've got it right at the top. And I think mm. that's, uh, that's probably a lesson for a lot of people too, is, you know, just because X company is doing that type of thing doesn't live mean show, you sh- yeah. you know what i mean yeah. doesn't mean you yeah. should yeah a live show like just because they're doing a live show doesn't mean you should like yeah. what what do you actually want to get out of it and how can you mm-hmm. have a unique angle and a unique take on it because at the end of the day the content is going to be what's ma- what matters it's you know what yeah. i mean like at the end of the day it can be as great really, as you want but if the format is not good then it's not good. yeah and it's yeah. it's you know a written piece on a, on a blog six years ago you know the content had to be good um a video on linkedin today like the Mm. content has to be good it can't be just smattered together and it might Mm. work for a little while but you know like you said youtube's the same you can't just Mm. you won't be able to just dump stuff on youtube and and be successful uh you know what i mean like if it were that easy everyone Everyone. would be having youtube channels so even if that barrier does get lower i think it's still going to take finesse and going to take um some Mm. smart planning on people's uh perspectives that are there any are there any like interesting just on that point of like content formats and different formats like are there any unique and interesting formats that you're thinking about like at that top Mm. layer um and this could be for you know in a a pod like a format like this podcasting live shows like are there just Mm -hmm. are there any unique i feel like a lot of people talk about unique formats and like different and new ideas but like it's, it's sometimes hard to actually think what they actually could be so is there any have you got any ideas around that yeah, I think Future State is going to truly be media company based. And what I mean by that mm. is you companies will have to embrace what it means to actually be a media company. Mm. And so that means multiple formats, multiple type of shows, multiple personalities, multiple mm. uh, pieces of top level content for different uh, audiences. And so what what that means is thinking about it in Right now, most podcasts are just news shows or like interview shows. Like they're 60 minutes. You're interviewing somebody and everybody just has a 60 minute show. But I think in the future, you will have, you know, uh, a comedy show. You might have a, you know, not in those particular terms, but you could imagine like a, a TV station has comedy. They have drama. They have news. They have interview. They have all of these different formats with different personalities all the way through. And I think that is going to be next level Mm. where you know really successful companies will be able to hit the same audience with different styles or different audience with the same style and Mm. fit that through and it's just going to be a a really full embrace of what that Mm. means to be a media company yeah there's there's one and i I literally found them last week um a company in paris called 360 learning and they um this is it's about a year ago now they did like a a, a docu series following uh, an employee that they were onboarding mm-hmm. uh, it's called uh, onboarding joey i think i'll link you it afterwards yeah. um and it, it, it was like a 12 part series almost like netflix documentary style that followed like followed her through her onboarding phase and got like they they broke down the numbers of of the show and it had like a million people that watched the show um and just was massive in that they're in like the hr space and it was it was mm-hmm. massive for them um and it, i think it just shows you that like that little creative twist or that little I love it it's yeah it, it makes it makes a big difference and i 
I definitely see that as well. I mean, I'm, I'm very big on the media company thing. I think there's some, I think it's going to look different for some companies. Like I'm not, I'm not completely convinced that becoming like a full blown media company is going to make sense for everyone. I think it depends on the angle you're trying to take. And I think, you know, if you're a, let's say in the marketing space, like, do we get to a point where there's like five or 10 media companies all talking about the same broad level topics? Um, so I don't know how that evolves for, for everyone, but I, mm. I, I, I see the same vision. I think, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think mm. the more, uh, I think the, I think I could a- absolutely mm. see that. And I think it could be more than mm. five, to, five to 10. Cause I think you even see it now with podcasts. Mm. It's, you know, there are a million shows where you could go and listen to about a topic marketing, mm. uh, you know, politics, news, and, and, and business, any of those things. And, and what you find is there are certain voices that you like that you listen to. And there are certain voices that other people like that they listen to, even though the topic is the exact same, you just kind of find what, you know, what your lane mm. is and what you like. So I think there's going to be plenty of room because mm. I, I think actually we're going away from like a centralized source of information but, and, yeah. And picking that out to like, honestly, thousands of sources of information. And so I think as a creator and as a business, that gives you just tons of runway to say like, yeah, there might be other people talking about this thing, but like, I have my unique take on it. I have my unique um, position on it and I'm just going to be comfortable in owning that. Yeah, no, definitely. As a, I keep saying as a final point, but this is the, as a, as a, as a final, final, final question or a final discussion point. Um, I've, and I've I've had the com- I've had this conversation with a few other people on the on the podcast recently. I've been seeing a rise over in a few different companies recently, you know, like Sales Feed, Vidyard, um, Refine Labs have just recently done it. Cognizant, they're all hiring like what they call an internal content creator or like an internal person that's like gonna almost be like the brand community creator. Uh, tends to be like involving creating TikToks or that type of thing. Do, do you see this as like a role that's going to continue to come up? And I guess how, how does that, how does that person work with, you know, people like us, like content people, the content mm-hmm. department? Yeah, I think it, it probably will. I think there's going to mm. be uh, ebbs and flows in that. I think, mm. but I think ultimately it does sort of, it fits in. It has to be tied in. It, I think ultimately it could be anybody at the company who's interested mm-hmm. in wanting to spend time doing that. I don't think it has to be like a dedicated, um, you know, content person or creative yeah. person, as long as mm-hmm. you've got to kind of fit around that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like understanding it's all the same stuff. It's understanding audiences. Mm-hmm. It's understanding what they care about. It's how do you get that message out in a way that they're actually appealing mm-hmm. to those people who want to pay attention. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all about attention and eyeballs. Uh, it's an attention economy right now. And, you know, that that's yeah. what it's about at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. whether it's a, a, per, a dedicated person that you're hiring to put that stuff mm-hmm. out or somebody internally, the content has to be good. And, it, and if you yeah. can do that, that makes sense. It's no different than hiring writers back in the day where you're going to hire a dedicated yeah. writer to talk to the SME or we're going to have the SME write it or, you know, it's, it's yeah, the yeah, same, yeah. it's the same, same problem. It's the same with a different, in a different context. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm seeing what well, I'm seeing it a lot. I think at companies where, and I think it makes, it's a smart move where, for example, my client, they're in the in-house legal space. Like they haven't got any internal in-house lawyers or any mm. internal in-house SMEs. So I think it, it would make sense in that context where like if you haven't got any internal experts, probably bringing someone in that has been in that space or one or two people yep. 
make sense to, you know, to kind of be creating that content for Absolutely. you Absolutely. Yes. trying to source the ideas yourself. Yep. If you can hire somebody who, especially who's not in your, like, if you're like, mm. you know, I, I get lucky at this stage, like, uh, I'm marketing to other marketers, even though it's not, you know, mm. I'm not a, I'm not a paid marketer, but I'm still yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. marketers. Mm. Uh, so I get lucky in that space, but yeah, I've been in other, other spaces where I'm not the, the target audience and, and having somebody who would have been in that space to be able to like own yeah. it. And then I just kind of like work with them to craft, like, would have been mm. so so much easier so much better yeah yeah no 100 look i've i've really enjoyed this conversation uh I, like i said i'm a i'm a massive fan um of of the content that you're putting out um so i just want to say thank you thank you for coming on um, yeah, i'm awesome. sure the audience has got a lot from this and there'll be a lot of repurposed content that you'll see from this um so yeah uh but yeah like i said thank you for coming on awesome thanks it was awesome awesome <laughs>